everybody. Well, God bless each and every one of you here on this Rise Up episode number 238. That was Brandon Lake and Phil Wickham with Maverick City Music. Um, Forever and ever, amen, their version of it. And I got to tell you, these kids, these young um, individuals, you know, for like Elevation Worship and Maverick City Music and so many other organizations out there, they are really doing an amazing job bringing a bunch of young folks, you know what I mean, to God. I mean, just look at the crowd. Look at the crowd right there. Look at them. Look at that. I don't think there's a person over the age of 30 in that room. That to me is so beautiful. And let me ask you this. Wow, $100. From Kristen Donovan going towards those kids. Well, God bless you. And by the way, um, as far as just people donating in here, uh, if we don't, if I don't see the note from somebody donating in here now to go to the kids, the cutoff period for donating for that is done. So we have a total amount. And I'm only saying that because I know people were donating in Rumble Rants last night uh, on live on live from America, and there was nobody that was. Uh, calculating 
what to go, what it was to go for. Nobody was reading those. Um, so we're going to put all of it towards there, but we're done now raising the money just because we're not watching where each piece is supposed to go uh, here on out. We are now uh, bringing in as many people as we can to try to divvy that money up. So far, we have 23 people who sent in requests. That means it's a little over 200 bucks for each person right now or for each family right now. Uh, we will put that towards that. Thank you very much. We just want to make sure we keep track of everything, uh, where everything's supposed to go. Now, um, getting back to this real quick, these youngsters that are doing this, this is such an inspiration to my kids who are teenagers. Okay, guys? We're going to... Thank you, Kristen. Uh, such an inspiration for my kids who are teenagers coming to be adults in the world. You know, they're mid-teenagers. They're 15, 16 years old, 14. And they're going to become young adults here very soon. And to see other people that dress the way they do, uh, look the way they do, um, but spend their time worshiping God like this, that's such a great example for my kids that I could never set for them, just only because I can set the example for them as a father to follow Christ. But as far as dressing like them and looking like them and stuff like that, you know, they're always going to look at their age group more than they look at people like me and listen to me. As you all know, all of us never, we didn't listen to our parents until we became of age to go, man, I should have listened to my parents, right? And Annette, you're right. It can be cool to be a Christian. You're dang right. It's actually the coolest thing in the world, but it can be cool to kids who don't know Christ as well. And that is what this outreach is. Okay. Okay, Kristen, no problem, honey. No problem. Thank you very much for being so generous. We'll put that towards that. And God bless those boys for Christmas too. Okay. Now, um, so when we're children, we don't want to listen to our parents, right? We want to, when our parents go, don't make that same mistake I made, we go, yeah, right. I'm built different. I'm not going to make those same mistakes. No cap, bruh, right? I got W. Riz, bruh, right? Eli, that's old. Don't say that. Eli's over there saying faux show, like the kids say that today. Eli, you're old. Okay, he can't come to grips with that. He still thinks he got game is something they say. No, he got Riz, Eli. Not even he got, okay? He has. He has Riz. Don't, don't get me started. But anyway, folks, and then you grow up and you go, wow, my, pop, my parents were right. My parents were right. And we're going to talk about that today as I have hindsight versus foresight as the title of today's show. So please give us a rumble. Give us a thumbs up. Share the video. We appreciate it. Um, and by the way, what you saw in that video those youngsters, Brandon Lake, Phil Wickham, and all those young adults in that room. Uh, holy, 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 holy is the name of Jesus. That, let me ask you a question, and I'm going to put up the rumble chat. Ready? Somebody says, what is Riz? Exactly, right? Or old. It means you got game. It means you got, means by, by basically you can come up and just be, hey girl, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? That kind of stuff, right? But not that cheesy. You got Riz. Oh, it changes so quick. Um, how many of you would have loved to be in that room, worshiping and singing with them? How fun would that be? To be around all those young adults, singing, having a wonderful time, singing praise uh, songs to God, worshiping him with all these up-and-comers. 
How fun would that be to be in that room? Would you like, see, Jay Gizme says me. T. Mitchell says me. Uh, yeah. Dane's X2 says I, me. Hello. I'd love to be in that room. Scotty, I want to pump you up. That's right. That's right. Sounds so wonderful, says Majogo. Would have had a hard time singing with all the crying, but definitely. Jeremy, I'm older than you, LOL. I know, Kittenhead. I know. I'd love it, says Eileen. Well, that is what heaven's going to be like. That's a small glimpse and a little tiny taste of what heaven is going to be like. We're going to be doing that all the time. We're going to be breaking out into spontaneous worship music for God. And it's going to be so fun. And we're all going to be involved. And we'll all, we'll all be able to sing. Some of us will be playing musical instruments. That's what it's going to be like. Breaking out of spontaneous worship praise and parties. <laughs> Eli. Eli goes, I can't play an instrument, Clark. That's all right, Eddie. That's all right. <laughs> Drive you out in the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? <laughs> I can't play an instrument, Clark. Uh, I also want to extend a very, very, very big thank you um jeremy i do that now says l jacobs that's amazing uh big shout out to um rosa rosa uh sent um little lily a build-a-bear last night and it's a talking moving build-a-bear right we wanted to get one for but having five kids with christmas it's kind of hard um to get everything you want especially when they're you know build-a-bears are not cheap especially the ones that talk and walk and do everything else um and she sent one to little Lily last night. And let me tell you, Lily went to bed with that thing, woke up with that thing. She now knows what, how many times you have to press it for it to say dirt, certain things. So she has conversations with that thing. Lily is in love with her Build-A-Bear teddy bear. And I want to thank Rosa for that. Thank you very much. My family adores and loves you. All right, folks, we are 17 minutes past the hour. And, uh, of course, I sent pictures to Rosa, too, uh, of a little Lily doing that. It was very nice. It was very – what a blessing. We are now uh, 18 minutes past the hour, uh, folks, so let's bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer um, and ask him for some discernment and some understanding of the gospel this morning as we get into earthly hindsight versus heavenly foresight. Earthly hindsight versus heavenly foresight. I can't play an instrument, Clark. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good reference there to... National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is one of our favorite movies to watch uh, during the holidays. So, um, all right. In Jesus' name, Lord and Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with a joyful, thankful, and peaceful heart. Smiles on our faces. No matter what the evil one is doing around us, we are in a beautiful, beautiful state of, 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 of a presence in God's holy light, in your holy light, walking with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit present during these holidays, helping others, looking outward rather than inward. All of these qualities, Lord, are your qualities that you give to us and amplify during, these holiday, uh, during this holiday season, during Christmas, which is our celebration of the birth of Jesus, during Thanksgiving, which is our celebration of all of the things that you've given us that we are thankful for, our families, our homes, our lives, whatever money we do bring in, all of it, Lord, our trials, our tribulations, we love you, we thank you. And we also need to understand that we are still children. 
I'm a 44-year-old child, not because I'm a man, but because we are children of God. Now, if you're a man, you're, you're double a 44-year-old child. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for a sense of humor. We thank you for laughs. We thank you for joy. We thank you for each other. We thank you for the LFA family. We thank you for all the money we were able to raise for all those children who didn't, who can't, uh, all those parents who can't afford to get anything for their children. And we're just doing great things here. And that we ask that you continue to be here with us and take us even further, Lord, into your grace, into your arm, into your embrace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Christmas for all, but presents are for children. Amen. Amen. We love you. All right, we've got a little over a thousand people watching. We're going to start by reading the verse of the day today. Please open up your emails. And we are going to go to Hebrews 12, 3 through 11. Okay? Scotty says, I've been 29 and holding for years. Probably a good, better way to say I'm 44. <laughs> uh, Hebrews 12, 3 through 11. If somebody wants to post that, let's go ahead and read. The discipline of God. How many people think they need some discipline right now? I don't have another hand. I'm going to raise my foot. <laughs> For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So this is saying, consider what Jesus went through. When you become discouraged, when you become depressed, when you become lonely and, and anxiety starting to hit you and, and your soul is conflicted, consider what Jesus endured so you didn't have to feel this way. It's already been paid. That's what he's telling you. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you've forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. Quote, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. That means we, children of God, do not look ill upon God when he disciplines you. He's not doing it because he doesn't like you. He's not doing it because he thinks you're bad. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. That means also don't feel that way when he tells you that you're doing wrong in your heart. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Meaning that if he's disciplining you, if he's telling you not to do something, it's because he loves you. Just like you tell your children. I'm not telling you this to hurt you or to ruin your day. I'm only disciplining you because I love you. How many of you have heard that from your parents? and scourges every son whom he receives. His only begotten son was scourged, beaten, bruised, tortured. So every son which he receives must also be rebuked, 
chastened, and scourged. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there to whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, meaning if you do not get disciplined, of which all have become partakers, meaning that if you do not get disciplined for the things that you do, if there are no consequences for your actions, yes, Kittenhead, scourged, S-C-O-R-O-U-R-G-E-D, scourged. Meaning, basically, it's a biblical way of saying, unless you have gone through the ringer, unless you have hit rock bottom, because of your actions and been disciplined, rebuked, and chastened for them, scourged. I don't know, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe it's my accent. Scourged. Is that a better way? Then you are illegitimate and not sons. Basically, he's if you do all of this, if you do the bad things and you do not get disciplined for them, if you do not obey God in heaven, your father, and you do not take the discipline and you do not respect the rebuking that the Lord is giving to you, it is saying that you are illegitimate and you are not sons. That means that you are a spiritual or biblical bastard. And I know that is a very polarizing way to say it, but that is what it's saying. What is a bastard? It is an illegitimate child, meaning a child born out of wedlock. Well, this it is saying, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Wow. If you refuse your discipline, if you refuse your accountability that you need to pay to the world and to God for the things that you've done wrong, if you refuse to repent, you are illegitimate and you are not sons. It's your beautiful Illinois accent, Jeremy. I know, I'm trying to have a New England accent. I've been here for like 20-something years. I could do it, but I, I don't do it naturally. And I want that New England accent as much as people hate it. I love it. But I also love my Midwestern accent as well. You know, my sister, she's from, uh, she's from northeastern Illinois. No, excuse me, northwestern Illinois. And my sister says, when she says dad, she says dad. You know that Midwestern accent? Dad, dad, stop it. Dad, stop it. You know what I mean? She also says milk instead of milk. She says milk, M-E-L-K, and dad, as in D-E-A-A-D, dad. <laughs> and my dad says wash, right? I got to go wash the clothes. I said, dad, where did the, uh, this was back when the Redskins were the, were the team. I said, dad, where, were the, where did the Redskins play? He said, Washington, D.C. I said, oh, okay. All right. I said, dad, um, who was our first president? He says, George Washington. <laughs> Oh, I love accents, and America's got them all. All right, let's get back into this. Illegitimate and not sons. And then it goes on to verse 9 and says this. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. 
Let's stop right there. Let's talk about that. Human fathers who have corrected us and we've paid them respect. So that goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of the show. When I said, how many of you had parents where you said, I'm not listening to them. I don't need to listen to them. And then 20 years later, 30 years later, you say, oh, man, that heavenly, that, that, that hindsight, that earthly hindsight, man, I should have listened to them. Should have, would have, could have, right? If I only would have listened to my father and my mother, man, would I have just, I would have avoided so much. That's what that's saying. If we have human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect, that means that after they've corrected you, you've given them respect for correcting you. So this is saying if you've had human fathers who do that and you give them respect, shall we not much more readily be in subjugation to the father of spirits and life? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, our earthly fathers, and he for our prophet, that we may be partakers in his of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless. Afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. There it is, folks. Earthly hindsight, as we are earthly adults, We are still children in the womb of earth. And we are still learning. We are still growing in the spirit. I'm only an eight-year-old Christian. I was just born eight years ago. Talk about being a child. So I am at that stage now in my spiritual life where my earthly hindsight of Wow, my dad was right. My mom was right. We can now, it's not too late. You know how you grew up and you say, man, I wish I would have listened to him. I wish I could go back and I wish I would have listened to this, that, and the other. Well, you can take that hindsight that you can't go back in time and fix and set yourself on a new course. And you can use that earthly hindsight to bring you heavenly foresight. You see, wisdom is given to you through trials and tribulations. And the more you lean on and rely on God through those trials and tribulations, that wisdom will be basically heavenly wisdom. And then you're going to take that heavenly wisdom and you're going to go, hmm, now I'm going to use what I can't go back in time and do with my earthly parents, and I'm going to use that to have heavenly foresight to do that as a child of God now so that I can further my walk with Jesus while I'm here on earth. Does this make sense to everybody? Mind-blowing. Earthly hindsight with wisdom and faith and hope in God can bring you heavenly foresight as a child in the spirit to put into place and practice the things you've learned from your earthly childhood. Wow, thank you, God, for that revelation today. Wow. That means you have it. That means you know what to do. 
That means you don't have to make this mistake again. That's incredible. That's a second chance. And by the way, by doing that, your parents who may be in heaven right now, they are pleased. You don't have to go back in time. They see it. Hebrews 12, 3 through 11. Now I'm going to read to you what I wrote about this. If you endured chastening when you were a child, how many times have you said, I hated it, but man, my parents were so right. Or how about if I only listened to my mother and father, I wouldn't be in this mess. Earthly hindsight can be frustrating. It's a never-ending game of woulda, coulda, shoulda. It also proves that you have gained wisdom. Wisdom to use heavenly foresight to, make, to not make the same mistake again with your heavenly father as you did your earthly fathers or mothers. He will chastise you if you go against his wishes. Think about how much, ladies and gentlemen... You respect your earthly parents now for their discipline on you. How much more should we respect God for his love and discipline of his children? Even if we're at the age of 50, we're still kids, guys. It doesn't matter how old you are on earth. You are still a child of God in the womb of earth while Jesus prepares a room and a mansion for you in heaven. Praise the fact that when you need course correcting, or when you need to admit to yourself and God that you are in the wrong, that you have that ability to do so. It's a blessing, ladies and gentlemen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What a great show, huh? Oh, by the way, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear overheard. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, overheard. Since I missed it yesterday. Got to get that out there. You know, folks, I wake up in the morning and I just go, God, what am I going to, what are you going to, you know, am I doing things right? Am I, re, am I, am I spending enough time with you? Let me ask you this. Or let me tell you this, folks. If you have to ask God if he is pleased with how much time that you are spending with him, then you are not spending enough time with him. And that was me this morning. I felt like when my wife and I were going through issues a couple months ago, I spent more time with him because I was, than I do now when things are great. It's not right. I feel like I'm getting away from him. I had to ask him this morning, are you okay? Are you pleased? Are you pleased with me? Am I spending enough time with you? And then I realized if I have to ask that question, then I'm not. So I will. Annette says, only on LFA do you get your birthday sung to you as a rumble handle. 
I know, right? As a rumble handle, I know. I know, like, happy birthday, dear God chick. <laughs> or happy birthday, dear Garko 65. <laughs> oh. Teapot said God spends every second with us. That's right. He sure does. He sure does. There's never enough time, said CQ. Man, you hit the nail on the head right there. You really did. All right, we got a video, a Ray Comfort video, because we didn't get to show one yesterday because we were too busy breaking down some scripture yesterday, which was an amazing show, by the way. So let me get my headphones on because I have not seen this video. Ray Comfort is beating us, folks. We're supposed to have Comfort Mondays and Fridays, and Cliff Netchel and Frank Turk and, the, and, and some random archive videos in between. But boy, they are spreading the gospel at such a phenomenal rate. We just got a lot of stuff to show. So, Ray Comfort. Method when I spoke with people. The Socratic method, named after the ancient Greek philosopher Socrates, simply asks probing questions. It's effective because it engages the hearer rather than lectures down to them, and it lets you know where they're at spiritually. To make my point, you may like to count how many questions I asked this young student in the first two minutes of this interview. Do you ever pray? No, not really. Used you used to when you were a kid? Yeah. And what happened? Just stopped going to church. Do you believe in God? Yes. If you were to die tonight, where would you go? Just go straight to heaven. Because God forgives your sins. And Everyone's forgiven already? Pretty sure. So guys that have murdered millions of people in wars, dictators, they just go zooming off to heaven when they die, is that right? Well, I wouldn't say like people like Hitler or something, but... So where did he go? Hell. So some people go to hell, so not everyone goes to heaven. Yeah. So why are you going to heaven? I haven't killed nobody. Have you ever hated somebody? Of course. Bible says he who hates his brother is a murderer. Did you know that? No, I didn't. How many lies have you told in your life? A lot. So what do you call someone who tells lies? A liar. So what are you? A liar. You still think you're a good person? Yeah. Have you ever taken something that belongs to somebody else in your whole life, irrespective of its value? Yeah. What do you call someone who steals? A thief. So what are you? A thief. No, you're not. You're a lying thief. <laughs> you still think you're a good person? Of course. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yeah. Do you love your mum? Yes. Would you ever use her name as a cuss word? Hit your thumb with a hammer, you want to say SH to express disgust? Would you put her name in its place? No. Why not? Because it's just not right. Yeah, it's not right and you respect your mum, but you don't respect the God that gave you a mother. You've taken his holy name and used it as a cuss word. Armando, that's called blasphemy, punishable by death in the Old Testament. Still think you're a good person? Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yeah. Let me just jump in here and tell you something exciting. I'm often asked if people come back sometime after I've witnessed to them. This guy came back. Very much to say. Did you want to join in? I'm asking if he thinks there's an afterlife. What do you think? Well, yes, I'm Catholic. Have you been born again? And he came back with some great news, which you'll see at the end of this video. Here's your summation for Judgment Day. Here is the summation. You've told me you're a lying, blasphemous, thieving, murderer, adulterer at heart. 
and you're self-righteous and self-righteousness is a sin in God's eyes when you say I'm a good person when it's obvious you're not you're like the rest of us so if God judges you by those ten commandments we've looked at four or five on judgment day you're going to be innocent or guilty guilty heaven or hell oh. now, does that concern you yeah it horrifies me I've just met you but I love you I don't want you to go to hell now do you know what God did for guilty sinners so he wouldn't have to go to hell I don't know. You don't know? No. And you went to a Christian church? You actually do know, but because you don't understand it, you don't value it. Have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? Yeah. Of course you have. Everybody has, but they don't know this, and this will change everything for you if you can get a grip of it. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he said, it is finished, just before he died. He was saying, paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone else pays them. They say, you're guilty, but you're out of here. Someone's paid your fine. And it's legal. Well, God can legally take the death sentence off you and let you live forever, all because Jesus suffered and died on the cross. Do you remember the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? Ever heard that? It's a famous verse saying God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a criminal who thinks he's a good person, but he's committed multiple murders. The judge says, I'm going to show you how serious this crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. And Armando, sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. Your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. But the scriptures say he's rich in mercy. He provided a savior. Because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, God can take that death sentence off you and legally let you live forever because he's rich in mercy and kind and loving and full of amazing grace. Is this making sense? Yeah. You going to think about what we talked about? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. am. When are you going to repent and put your faith in Jesus? <laughs> Probably when I go back to church or right now, you know. Which one? Probably the second one. When you go back to church or right now? Right now. Right now. You know why it should be right now? Because um. you could die between now and when you go to church. <laughs> God forbid, but 150,000 people die every 24 hours. So there's a sense of urgency. And, Armando, examine my tone. Why am I so earnest? It's because I know what I'm saying is true, and I really do care about you, man. I'd hate to go to hell. So are you sorry for your sins? Yeah. You want to repent now and put your faith in Jesus? Yes. May I pray with you? Of course. Let's bear in prayer. Father, I pray for Armando. Thank you for his honesty of heart today. I pray you'll remind him of his secret sins, and this day he'll understand your great love in Christ dying on the cross and rising from the dead, defeating death. And this day may he be born again and pass from death to life, from darkness to light, all because of your kindness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you have a Bible at home? Oh, uh, no. I'm going to give you a Gospel of John, that's the fourth book of the New Testament, and a book that I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible. Is that okay? Of course. Okay, let me grab them for you. Hey. Good to see you too. Uh, thank you so much for the cards last time. Uh, that was great. Good. I, I saw you kind of like the last time. Oh, that's wonderful. So, I interviewed you about two weeks ago. Yes. And you've been thinking about what we talked about? Yeah. You got before the Lord and repented of your sins and put your trust in Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. The Bible, are you reading it? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. great. Well, that's such a blessing. Thanks for stopping and sharing that. Really appreciate it. All right, thank you too.
Bye-bye. Oh, and you're watching our channel, did you say? Yeah. You enjoying it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Share it with your friends, too. All right, I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. Real quick here. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, we watched that video. We watched that video two weeks ago when that kid sat on the bench. We watched it together. We watched it together. That means that that kid who came back, those seeds that Ray Comfort planted, God watered. He not only followed the page, he's been reading his Bible for himself. He didn't know much about it. He grew up Catholic. He didn't even know about being born again. Now he's reading the Bible for himself. He's watching Ray's videos. He had a huge smile on his face. The other kid with the cookies hat that should have read eyebrows. <laughs> that boy had some eyebrows, didn't he? The kid with the cookies hat, he was genuinely interested. He was genuinely interested in what Ray Comfort was telling him about the gospel. He was just like, you could see it in his eyes that his soul was on fire and that it was listening. Bumblebee Patriot, did you say, did you report that Mike Johnson was on the board of Living Waters or did I imagine that? No, that's true. Speaker Mike Johnson is on the board with Ray Comfort and, and Kirk Cameron and Mark Spence at Living Waters. Truly incredible stuff, right? The more you know. Um, stay in the word, says Melanie. Amen. Stay in the word. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Mel- Melanie Collier, let me tell you something about Melanie. Um, Melanie's one of those people that her and I agree on almost everything. Stuff that we don't agree on politically, not spiritually. Um, do you know, Eli, that we've had massive disagreements and never once has she been like, LFA TV is just not for me anymore, right? Never once have I been like, you're so stupid for thinking that. She's done more for Georgia than almost anybody I know. She spreads the gospel. She loves God. And guess what? She's an adult who can have a difference of opinion and still be a brother and sister in Christ and a friend. Maybe some others should take a cue. Ray Comfort is, an invo- is involved. He gets us. Amen. Well, let's go and read how to bring your child to Christ from Ray Comfort. And let's read the next segment that we uh, haven't gotten to yet. Another possible snare you must avoid at all costs is the blind faith of some parents. Now, it is clear that Christian parents should desire that their children come to know and love Jesus in an early life. This desire is no evidence that they are saved. A parent who claims to be saved but does not manifest any concern to see his child saved is no more saved than a stone. Bad Moon says the key to being in a conversation is being an adult. Sure is. Sure is. While the desire to see your children saved is proper and necessary, some parents become so desperate to believe that their children are saved that they will grasp at anything to make them feel like they're justified in that thought. They'll grasp at anything. 
Even when their son or daughter openly denies the faith and engages in gross wickedness, they will still comfort themselves by saying, quote, well, at least my son is saved. He may not act like it now, but I know he is saved because he accepted Jesus when he was five years old. He doesn't go to church anymore and, uh, and married someone from another religion, but I still say he's saved. Instead of facing the reality that their, children, that their child is on their way to hell, some parents will cling to false hopes so they can sleep at night. But instead of seeking their own psychological comfort, they should seek the conversation of their child by telling him the truth. The truth is that for any child or adult to be saved, there must be an understanding of the nature of sin. He must turn from his sin and trust in Jesus to save him. Eternal life comes not from saying a prayer or making a decision, but from repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you can find that in Acts 20, 21. Genuine salvation must be a work of God. We can have as much part in the spiritual birth of our children as we have in the planting of a tree. We can prepare the soil and water the seed, but it will grow only if God sees fit to cause it to do so. All we can do is make ready the soil of our child's heart, plant the pure seed of the word of God, Keep away harmful influences, TV, etc., public school now. <laughs> a faithful water, it will believing prayer, and faithfully water it with believing prayer. We'll look at the first step of preparation in our next chapter. And by the way, my bookmark is a card from Amanda and Caden. A lot of people in this chat, including myself, folks, have literally lost sleep over their child not being saved or on their way to, you know, bad things. But God says we shouldn't worry about that. Give it to God. Give it all to God. Pray. Pray for your children. Teach your children the right way and then pray. Leave the rest to God. It's that it really is that simple. Now, ladies and gentlemen, remember last week when I wanted to show you that one specific part that uh, producer Eli was trying to find from that new movie coming up called The Shift. Neil McDonough, right, Eli, that's his name. Neil McDonough plays Satan. Now, Neil McDonough was literally uh, blacklisted from Hollywood because of his faith. And now he's doing better than he's ever done. Playing faith-based parts in movies that are faith and family movies that are doing heavenly work, eternal, infinite work, not earthly, temporary, finite work. And here is the scene. I've got two scenes to show you of this movie that comes out in just a couple days, folks. This is the scene that I wanted to show you last week that I couldn't find on the fly. <sighs> Prepare yourselves. Put it on the screen. I don't want to miss a thing. Here we go. Are you praying? Absolutely. I need your help. Well, that's a first. I'm in trouble and I can't do this alone. Amazing. I love it. I love it. I love this. I really. He's still big. Now that I'm unburdened, Father. Do you honestly think that he will help you after what you just did? You are tainted goods. You're not even worth his effort anymore. Even if he did help you, do you think I will ever leave you alone? Ever? 
There is nothing that I won't do to you. No temptation, no low that you won't sink to. I know you, Kevin, and you are nothing. Nothing. I am greater than him. I am certainly greater than you. Come on, there is power when you pray to Jesus. Comment, the devil hates prayer. And by the way, this is a movie called The Shift. It's a sci-fi version of the book of Job. It comes out December 1st. I highly recommend you go see it. God bless. I cannot wait to see that movie from Angel Studios. And ladies and gentlemen, here's another clip. Uh, and I know these are spoilers. Hey, spoiler alert. I probably should have said that, right, Eli? I don't want to spoil it for some people. Spoiler alert. I'm showing you just little clips that have been put out uh, for marketing reasons, right? Uh, oh, hold on. Do you honestly think that I you will? I love that part. Do you honestly think? And he's like, I'm certainly greater than you. And then he says, amen, and he's gone. <sighs> now, here's another port, uh, part of that movie that they put out for advertisement, and I can't wait. I just can't wait. Watch. This is when he basically says, "You are God is with me. God is here. And everything that I've ever witnessed and everything that I have done, Everything that I've done and everything that you've put me through just makes it that much easier to see. Looks like he left the devil speechless, speaking the name of God. See, we don't have to mock God. We don't have to mock and make fun of Satanists like I did the other day. If you listen to that story yesterday, we don't have to do that. All we have to do is, with love, speak the name of Jesus and say, I'm sorry, but Jesus is with me. God is with me. I don't. Get away from me, Satan. That's it. You don't have to do it in a disrespectful way. Even though Satan deserves no respect, you do it the way Jesus would have done it. And now I'd like to give you an update on that story. You guys convicted me a little bit yesterday. Or maybe God convicted me and you guys reinforced that conviction. So on my way home from the studio last night, my son is at, so my, my son and my daughter are at their mother's uh, house half the week, and they're with me half the week. They, uh, it's always been that way. So on Mondays, they're with their mom. So I called last night, and he got on the phone. I said, hey, buddy, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm getting ready to make my food, blah, 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 blah. And I said, oh, okay. I said, you have a good day? Yeah, I did. Now, mind you, this kid is a straight-A student. He's two grades ahead is where he's supposed to be in two of his classes, He's on his way to play Major League Soccer. The kid has got a bright future. He's the same one that, that went away from God and then came back. And he's kind of just kind of like, you know, he's 14. What do you expect, right? So I called him last night, as you guys told me to do. I said, hey, buddy. He said, I just want to let you know. I said, the reason I called you, you know, was to apologize to you. He said, for what, Dad? I said, for putting you in an uncomfortable situation the other day. He's like, that's all right. And I said, no, no, it's not. It's not. It wasn't right for me to give in to my flesh and decide to confront somebody that 
could have very well, like the people in the chat said, pulled out a gun and shot you and put you in the middle of it. That wasn't right for me to do. That was wrong. And I just want to tell you that I am so very sorry to, for, for doing that. And from now on, I will always think of you before I think of my flesh when it comes to that stuff. I am so sorry. You know what he said to me? He goes, Dad, don't worry about it. You always think of other people. Don't beat yourself up. I love you. That's what my changing voice, becoming a man, 14-year-old son said to me. And when I got off the phone, I prayed to God, shed a tear, and went in and had dinner with the rest of my family. But I tried to put my, after, after our talk yesterday in the, in the chat, I tried to put myself in his situation, in his shoes. And I thought about how scary that would be. To have a dad who's me, right? Who literally thrives off confrontation in his past anyway. And this guy who's a Satanist on the other side of him. You're, you're, kind, of in a, you're kind of in a no-win situation. An, an immovable uh, rock and an unstoppable force, right? So anyway, it was a good talk. And I just wanted to bring that to your guys' attention. I wanted you to give you the update. And I wanted to thank you for telling me that I should apologize to him. Instead of making, you know, light of the fact or making fun of him for not being stronger or something like that. He was in the right and I was in the wrong. And I needed him to know that, especially after you guys convicted me of that yesterday and said, you better apologize to your son. And I had apologized to him, but not like that. I said, well, sorry, you were in an uncomfortable situation, more of like an insult than it was an apology. You know what I mean? So. I'm just reading some of your comments here before we go. All right. I want to read one last thing. Before we go here, ask direction. Jonah 2-2. Then Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of the fish. He prayed, in trouble, deep trouble, I prayed to God. He answered me. From the belly of the grave, I've cried, help. And you heard my cry. And that is Jonah 2-2, ladies and gentlemen. Jonah 2-2. We can uh, start some music on the way out here. Perfect. I have a love-hate relationship with the positive mental attitude movement. The worship-like obsession of dent of will giddiness leaves grand canyons of gaps in thinking to me. Grand canyon of gaps, folks. On the flip side, I love the intentional self-direction. To allow, to allow yourself to be engulfed in despair is, in a word, depressing. Where's God in all of this? In 1 Samuel 30, David and his mighty men find their village destroyed and their wives and kids taken captive. They wept aloud. Here's the God part, the God heart. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Wow. Then David asked God for direction and got it. Interesting. What could have ended in bloodbath became a point of breakthrough and restoration. 
What could have ended in a bloodbath with me putting my child in harm's way? Thank God did not. And the next time, I'll think of that. So in all things, ladies and gentlemen, ask for direction. Look, Sean Farish is coming up next with Ungoverned, followed by yours truly, live from America. So I'll see you then. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for being here on Rise Up. Give us a rumble on the way out, and I'll see you in the next one. God bless. See you later, folks. It's here.